Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School, starring Ken Gillette. My name is Michael Goudeau, Matt Donnelly, and Ken and I are broadcasting from our separate homes in Las Vegas. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about a real-life Lord of the Flies, and maybe we'll get to talk a bit about people doing cameos. Here he is, preaching love, Mr. Penn You know, uh, here I am, preaching love. Uh, we wanted to talk about this uh, uh, Sunday, but we didn't get to it. Uh, but I want to talk about it now. There's this thing, a Cameo, Cameo.com, uh, C-A-M-E-O, Cameo.com. They've been asked me to do it for years and years and years. And the and the gag is uh, someone pays some money, like 100 bucks, and um, you send them a personal message. Like happy Mother's Day, happy birthday, uh, even ask questions and stuff. And I didn't want to do it for like two years. I didn't do it. And, uh, long suffering Glenn brought up that coming into Mother's Day, uh, I could do it and do it for charity for, um, for, uh, a, uh, a fan, you know, a fan, a fan and for, uh, Caesar's employees. So I, uh, I set up to do it and I get this weird thing like you're asking people to pay money for you to do a message and what you forget, I'm so stupid, you forget that the people who are paying that money for you to do the, the message want you to do it. <laughs> so they are, they are really, really, really excited about it. Now I did these all the time for free, you know, when I would do the meet and greets Pre, uh, pre COVID, people got to me and say, you know, would you make a video for my son? Tell him to stick with it and magic. Would you make a video for my mom wishing you happy birthday? I always said yes and always did them, you know, but cameo.com is set up the situation where I can do them without people being at the show. And, uh, I did, uh, just up to Mother's Day, I did 200 of them. 200 of them. What? And so it was, you know, it was hours and hours of doing it, a couple hours of doing them. And uh, I ended up getting really goofy and having real fun. And people were reporting back five stars and they were um, they were writing in that they just loved it and showing reactions of their of their mom and their friends. And I went from being a little bit queasy about it to just loving it. So they sucked me in with charity and now I'm going to keep doing it. Uh, I also had this really cool one where someone um, who listens to uh, Sunday School wanted to ask me a specific question about free will. So I talked for like four minutes about their specific question. Uh, not happy birthday, not anything. Someone else asked me to talk to the uh, a co-worker of theirs about vaccines. And what I realized is for those people who want to ask me a question and talk to me directly, but want to do an end run around Ready Rich. <laughs> they could do it very simply by going to cameo.com and get directly to me. So it's like a hundred bucks. I think we're going to go from, um, from 75 to a, to a buck and a quarter. And I'm going to do charity once in a while, but sometimes for me also. So uh, I will announce when it's going to be for charity, if that makes a difference. If you want to give the money to me, that would be wonderful too. And I've also set up the situation where if you want to do a magic trick with me, and this is only if you are in the room with the person, but I made a video 
that teaches people how to do the first half of a card trick so I can then do the punchline for their friend. Oh, that's great. So they set it on, and then I come up and go, uh, hey, Matt, your friend fucked up the trick, but is this your card? And I do, uh, I do the punchline like that. And I think people are gonna, are gonna absolutely love that. So I'm, I'm happy doing 20 or 30 of these a day if it comes down to that. That's what it's been lately. And, uh, I love doing it. And there's a lot of other people that do it as well. So after you've engaged my services, then you can go and try Gilbert Gottfried and Piff the Magic Dragon and so on. <laughs> but it's, um, cameo.com. And I'm going to tell you this directly, directly, please. Do not do not book it through the app on your uh, on your iPhone uh, on your uh, on your Apple app because Apple takes a real big chunk of the money. Okay. So go directly to Cameo.com and engage my services, and I will do cameos for you. You know, I've been doing these videos, and uh, I did not expect to enjoy it. I thought, you know, I'll do this for charity and good. I'll be done. But I raised, uh, you know, I raised, uh, by the time I was done, uh, well over $10,000. And uh, that will help people a lot. And I had a blast doing it. I mean, it's also nice to see. They give you the message. It goes right on the screen where you can read it. But I loved hearing these stories about, you know, my mom went and saw you in 2004 in Vegas. We wanted to see you in Australia, but we couldn't do it because of this. And I, you know, I get to monkey around and I get to be really, really loose. You know, I, I start out these things going, what am I exactly supposed to do? And then, uh, I end up going, uh, oh, I can just do whatever I want. And some people say, you know, would you say, and then there's this asshole from bullshit. And some people say, you know, this is for my child, no obscenity. Some people say, talk to my friend, a little pep talk about getting through the lockdown. And some people say, you know, don't mention the lockdown. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about COVID. I want that out of my head. And it's, um, whatever you do, whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. And I really am loving doing it. And I really am anxious. No one's done this yet because we haven't started it yet, but I'm really eager. Uh, if you want to do a card trick for your friend and I me do the punchline, we're going to set it up like as a special business thing. It'll be a, cause it's hard to know to do two different things, but I want someone to try that. I think it'll be a, it'll be a great, great, great trick. So do that. Have fun with it. I like the cameos. And I also should say that before I was a, what do you call it? Cameo artist. Um, artist. I engaged their services. Uh, for Glenn Ally, the long-suffering Glenn, for his birthday, I went to Cameo.com and I uh, I engaged the services of Ruth Buzzy, <laughs> Ruth Buzzy from Laugh-In. <laughs> and uh, Glenn is a huge fan of hers. We've met her. Yes, that's and, perfect. And uh, I paid her whatever it was, 100 bucks or something, to say, uh, you know, Glenn, you're struggling managing pen and teller but someday you'll get a real act like me to manage this is ruth buzzy and it was really funny and he loved it and he played it like a dozen times and that's people in show business 
So it was really funny that I was kind of against doing cameos, and yet I'd hired someone to do it and thought it was great, and I was thrilled and glad she was doing it. So I'm doing cameos now, cameo.com. Go there and uh, and check it out and engage my services, and I will do a video just for you or ask me a question without having to go through the craziness that is Ready Rich. By the way, if you want to be included in the Penn Sunday School Congregation email summary unfiltered, you could PayPal me $10 directly. <laughs> <laughs> I also, this, uh, this, this week, uh, I did this thing. Um, we were supposed to, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, or Friday and Saturday, we were supposed to be on stage at Symphony Hall in Boston. Uh, with the Boston Pops. And I've done a few cameos about that, people that were supposed to be there and went to cameo.com and had me, you know, tell their, their mom or their, uh, brother or something that, uh, sorry that because of the lockdown, we couldn't be there. Uh, we were supposed to be on stage with the Boston Pops. And, you know, we did the Boston Pops like 20 years ago or maybe longer, 25 years ago. And, um, we loved it. We loved, loved, loved doing a symphony show. And we did special material and it was just really great. And we had a great time doing it. And then this year, because of um, COVID, we are locked down and unable to do it. And uh, so uh, they got in touch with us a couple weeks ago and said, could we do a um, message for Keith Lockhart, who is the um, conductor? And uh, talk about our favorite piece we did with them and da-da-da-da-da. Then they also said... They wanted everybody to do one of these big Zoom things or Zoom-like things, composite things of playing the uh, Boston Pop signature tune, which is um, John Philip Sousa's Stars and Stripes Forever. So I took it upon myself two weeks ago to learn Stars and Stripes Forever on the upright bass. <laughs> now, I asked Jonesy, if he would write me a chart, because I just have not got the ears to learn that by ear. And uh, uh, Jonesy wrote me a really nice chart. And then I put it down an octave to make it easier to play and also make it funnier. And uh, I worked on it for like two weeks, although I didn't want to tell the Boston Pops that. I wanted them to think that I just banged it out because I'm that much of a good musician. Uh, which I'm not. I had a really struggle. I worked on it every day, practiced it, uh, read the music, played along with the uh, recording, worked on it really hard. <laughs> and uh, then just on Thursday, I sat down uh, and uh, Emily shot me and I played the lead line. I didn't play just one five, boom, 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 boom. I played the lead line to Stars and Stripes Forever on my upright bass. And I got to tell you, I mean, the orchestra cats who play upright bass in the Boston Pops, who are phenomenal, and it was a pleasure to meet them, whatever that was, 25 years ago. Uh, we, uh, to play... Um, to play Stars and Stripes Forever for them was just such a thrill. I had such a blast doing that. Just a blast. And that'll be up for, uh, that'll be coming out eventually with the Boston Pops. And I don't know who else is playing what. They said you could sing or whistle or play an instrument. But I, uh, I'm playing upright bass with the Boston Pops, motherfuckers. Um, 
<laughs> you're of all your weird things in your life, your your bass playing credits are the ones that always blow me away. <laughs> you mean the fact that I'm actually playing upright bass? Yeah, that you play the Boston Pops, you played at that uh, the the famous jazz place in in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I played the, the Green Mill. Yeah. People will have you sit in an earnest as a bass player. I mean, it's 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 wonderful. But I'm always like, what, really? You get to say Boston Pops the rest of your life? Yeah. Uh, and CBGB. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. CBGB, yeah. Uh, I played CBGB Umfug. Uh, I played bass behind Lou Reed and behind Jonathan Richmond. And behind Maureen Tucker and behind Half Japanese with my own band Bongo's Bass and Bob. Uh, and I will be doing, I mean... And with Tommy Smothers. And with Tommy Smothers. That's probably the biggest one. That's the big one. <laughs> I played bass. The only people who have ever played bass while Tommy Smothers played guitar were Dick Smothers, Jack Benny, Pendulet. Nice. That's that, that's that three that I am in. Uh, and I'm hoping to do something with the postmodern jukebox. Oh, they've, nice. they've, they've approached me, and I'm hoping to do something with Puddles. Hoping to play some bass with, uh, with Puddles. Oh, that's awesome. So that should be, uh, we've got a, we got a little, uh, little plan thing we're doing of, uh, a, uh, medley of the insane clown posse with Send in the Clowns. So the insane clown posse and Sondheim together with, uh, with Puddles and Penn and Jonesy playing. I think we're going to do a thing with, you know, Christian Tambor, the great vibes player. I think I'm going to do a thing with uh, playing bass with uh, Jonesy, uh, Tambor, and me doing a trio once again in isolation. I'm going to send them the uh, bass track, and then Jonesy will build on it, and then um, Christian Tambor will do the lead over that. So that should be uh, that should be really fun. So that's what I'm doing during uh, during lockdown. You're Anything busy. Happen? You're busy. 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 What have you been doing there, uh, Matt Donnelly? Uh, not as, not nearly as much as you. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. without, without performing, I've been doing, uh, more interviews for my, uh, my secret magic podcast. So I, I've interviewed, uh, Jim Milan, who, uh, worked with, uh, Play Dead and first directed The Illusionist and also directed a few kids right. in the hall stuff. I interviewed Brent Braun, who claims over to have worked with over 40 contestants on Foolish as a consultant. And I was like, wait a minute. And talk to that guy. Uh, and there's a, a, a really great kind of a, a magic author, really, like named Nate. How, how was his, uh, as a consultant, did you realize, did you figure that his, uh, his consult was accurate to what the producers and um, writers of Fool Us believe? Uh, well, we discovered in the interview that, uh, <laughs> that people do what he does not want them to do, which is just go in and just say his name a thousand times. Like that should make us go like, great. Um, that his, his work should speak for itself. Uh, but I did actually get to confess to him that people come in and just say his name three times and we go like, why are people saying this name to us over and over again? <laughs> so it was, it was funny to, to, uh, talk about his unofficial capacity with the show. But, but what I'm trying to find out is yeah. when he gives people advice, does the advice line up with what we want? Oh, uh, it it does uh, from it doesn't in most ways yes uh, from a uh, Andrew is is it particular about how 
basically we talked about this on, on air, but there's, you know, we, we, we discussed with you with Jet Tila, there's cooking for television uh, and there's cooking for whatever. Yeah. And so sometimes cleaning up a magic trick doesn't necessarily clean it up for magic for television. Uh-huh. And so Andrew always ends up going back and rewriting uh, stuff and getting people to kind of make their, make their trick in a magic for television. However, he is there waiting on that receiving end. So he says that he actually helps the performer actually properly process the notes they get from Andrew <laughs> to whatever, which I was like, that's a good consultant to have that line ready. <laughs> He's ready to take the notes in and help them rewrite the routine to fit it uh, to the fullest format. So uh, it was fascinating to talk to, to him about that aspect of, of magic work. And uh, there's another a guy who who won't come on fool us, but he's got a little bit of a rep. Nate Staniforth, who put out a couple of magic books uh-huh. I really like, and he put out a, a course on magic that I liked a lot because it's just about performance. Did he uh, did he explain why he won't come on fool us? Yeah, it just uh, he said that his style of magic isn't necessarily like conducive to TV formats of like four minutes or less, mm-hmm. and uh, and that he's been successful touring without it. His manager tries to talk him into it every year, <laughs> and uh, he said that it's a uh, for him, he learned, someone taught him that it's either, when you're asked to do something, it's either a hell yes or a no. And when he gets asked to do Fool Us or AGT, uh, it's not a oh hell yes. And so... So far in my TV career, I have not had one single hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to go on Letterman. I did not want to go on Conan. I did not want to go on Fallon. I did not want to go on Celebrity Apprentice. I did not want to go on the cooking shows. I did not want to go on Fear Factor. I did not want to go on the Today Show. I did not want to go on Colbert. I did not want to do TBS up all night. I did not want to do bullshit. I did not want to do Fool Us. I have never had a hell yes. It has always been with great trepidation and doubt and ambiguity and uh, and uh, uh, great, great, great doubts, both self and general, that I have been pushed screaming and shouting into it. I did not want to go on TV and talk about Roy Horn uh, after he died. I did not want to go on Larry King and talk about Roy Horn after the accident. I did not want to go on Glenn Beck. I did not want to go- I did not want to go on Jon Stewart. I did not want to go on Larry Wilmore. I did not, did not want to go on Politically Incorrect. I did not want to go on Real Time. I did not, <laughs> I did not, <laughs> not want to do not with a box, Republic. Not in a box, I not will in not. a house, no, not with a mouth. No, I do not like green <laughs> eggs and ham. I do not like them, Matt. I, I think... I think you did not mention Dancing with the I Stars. I did not want to go on Dance with the Stars. I did. Ask me another. I sure you wanted to do that one. Ask me another. Lois and Clark. I did not want to do Lois and Clark. Friends. I did not want to. Oh, Friends, no. I had to fly back from New York for Friends. No. But. Miami Vice. I, oh. Miami Vice, I told them no five times. <laughs> I, they had to threaten me to get me on there. I did not want to do Miami Vice. Uh, I I don't know whether or not Nate listens to this podcast, but I sure hope his management does. I will tell you, though, um, of all of those, yeah. think about this for a second. 
There's only one. I did not want to go on Jeopardy. Of all, I won on Jeopardy. Uh, there's only one of those shows. One. One show of the hundreds that I've been on that I regret going on. One show. One show that I regret going on and that's it. I'm not going to tell you what it is. <laughs> it's not Celebrity Apprentice? No. Uh, one show I regret going on, I regret very strongly and regret it almost on a daily basis because Ooh. I did such a bad job. I was just going to say because because of, of what happened with the appearance. Not It was a good show, but I, I did, I, it was a very good show, a very popular show, but I was terrible on it. Yeah. And uh, I didn't understand how to do the show, and I did it badly. And I knew I didn't understand it, and I uh, should have pulled the plug. But I uh, I didn't, and I sucked. And it's it's there on video for me sucking forever. And I'm not talking about Lois and Clark with Superman, the others. I don't mind. <laughs> it's a hard line to do. It's a hard line to do. I did it. I don't regret it. Go ahead, you method actors. You just thought you could fly. Found out you couldn't, got caught, and then realized other people were in danger. Go. Superman. The others. <laughs> you can't do it. You playing along at home. You can't no, do it. It's hard. But you know uh It's impossible. Rob method. Elk did an okay job with it. <laughs> he did. He did. He I did. can fly. Superman. The others. Yeah. When Dean Kane is carrying you in front of a green screen, you have to deliver Superman the others. Uh, I did go and get COVID tested. Just, oh, did just you? For the did you? Odd, what? Just for the for the odd chance that it would that there could be an asymptomatic carrier, mm-hmm. uh, which I didn't believe. But it, it was uh, they were doing open t- uh, appointment t- appointment drive up testing at the Orleans, uh, and I went, and my wife and I got tested uh, together. It was not the nasal swab it was test, the anal? which I was very very prepared for, and I was you know fingers crossed for the anal and. Uh, it was just a swab to the back of the throat for five seconds. Uh, she came up. She had she is masked and um, face shielded. What is yep. it? Welding mask or whatever. She said, "I'm going to put this on the back of your throat for five seconds. Do not throw up on me." Is those were her words. Hmm. And I was like, "Is a swab in the back of the throat?" I was an altar boy at Holy Cross. There's no <laughs> way I have to worry. I have have nothing to worry about. And uh, 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 wife goes first. She she takes the swab to the throat like a champ. And then she comes around to me. And I am really meant to prepare myself for the nasal thing. So the throat thing I thought was a relief. And I was like, this is going to be fine. And I will show everybody how how good I am. And then it, it hits the back of my throat awkwardly. And I hate it. And I count to five. Talk myself through it. And I get to five, and she goes, two, three, four. And then I almost threw up. <laughs> I literally, she pulled the swab away, and thank God she was face shielded. I coughed immediately, which I felt horrible, horrible about, but I coughed immediately and uh, then could not stop almost throwing up and coughing for like five minutes. And it was the most uncomfortable thing ever. The, the key clause in the request is on me. Yeah, 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 exactly. She's like, drive away. <laughs> Get out of here. Now, uh, Feel free to throw up as much as you want. <laughs> now, uh, uh, it came back negative? Came back negative, yeah. I still think Glenn had it. I think so, too. I'm curious because the antibodies test is kind of a little uh, – it's it's wide open right now, and there's there's um, like dozens on the market and, so, and with different accuracy. 
but I'm very curious to see whoever figures out which one's the best one to, to see about the antibody testing thing. Cause I'm sure Glenn will, will have had it. Yeah. Well, we got, uh, I think there's a money making opportunity for us here. Since there are uh, antibody tests of all different accuracy hitting the market, we could do ours with zero accuracy. <laughs> Penn Sunday School. We could guarantee it. Penn Sunday School antibody test with zero accuracy. We don't know any better than you do. Penn Sunday School antibody test. It has to be 50% accuracy. I know, yes, because if it's 100% inaccurate, it's 100% accurate. Yes. <laughs> I literally thought you were bringing up a technicality, and I was like, oh, wait, duh. I'm an idiot. <laughs> How far can a bear walk into the woods? Halfway. <laughs> then he's walking out. Yeah. I'm going to talk about this. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. You have hair left, don't you, Matt? Uh, just, just a little bit, yep. You get treated from home. You just have to go to a doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy and deliver your medication every three months. So you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Now, I know someone who uses this and keeps his hair. I'm not going to say who it is because I think he likes the fact that people don't know he was worried about losing his hair. Keep offers generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but probably never for this price. Prevention is the key. Keep's treatments can take up to four to six months or more to see results. So it's important to act fast. The sooner you start using Keeps, the more hair you'll save. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than if its competitors and nearly a 100,000 men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention medication. Keeps treatments start at just 10 bucks a month. Plus, for a limited time, you get your first month free. Boy, that seems pretty good, doesn't it? Yeah. Pretty good deal. Uh, less expensive than others. Yeah, a lot less expensive. Um, so um, try it. Check it out. Check it out. I have not used it. I don't have much male pattern baldness. I can't really find out, but maybe it's coming in. I mean, I'm 65. It's going back a little bit here. I might want to uh, give it a call. If you're, if you're ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash pen. pen to receive your first treatment for free that's k-e-e-p-s dot com slash pen k-e-e-p-s dot com and uh we think your customer uh the, the testimonials speak for themselves so check out the actual customer photos and uh and the other stuff around there check them out it is really really amazing uh this stuff works there really is finally a medication that works for uh male pattern baldness so if you got that and you're worried about it why don't you get that damn thing fixed get it fixed right now so what have you been doing Goudot? Trying to keep my family alive, <laughs> you know, mostly uh, uh, sourdough bread, really nonstop every day. <laughs> uh, now tonight, Sunday night is um, is our sourdough rosemary bread. We have rosemary from our own garden. Ooh. Now, do you have? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a garden, Gudo? I don't, but I have rosemary in my front yard. Mm -hmm. What's she doing? It's decorative here in Vegas. Uh, well, we uh, 
We have a, we have our tomatoes are finally coming out. I had oh, lettuce. Okay. I had lettuce from the garden the other day. I'm so envious. It's so weird to pick something off a tree and then eat it. I mean, off a bush. I thing. love that. There's nothing better. Yeah, it's good. And uh, soon we're going to have like uh, fava beans and all sorts of stuff. Whoa. Did you like put up like a hydroponic sort of setup? No, no, you... we we water it. It's dirt, the little little right. uh, little like graves of uh, <laughs> of uh, lettuce little, graves, lettuce yeah. graves, and we've got like uh, I don't know, they're about uh, eight feet by four feet. We have four of them, mm-hmm. and we have cauliflower and all sorts of uh, uh, kale and thyme and. All sorts yeah. of stuff. Parsley. Ray has a really good uh, hydroponic setup that he keeps threatening to send me the plans for, but he's holding out. So Who does? What's going on. Ray. Oh, Ray, yeah. Ray. Yeah, I know. They have all that stuff. Now, hydroponics, you know, were, were put together for, for growing dope. But there yeah. is a um, Yeah, trick. if you go into Vegas and ask any of the indoor gardening folks, they go, you, you want to grow vegetables? Yeah. <laughs> We don't have any information about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, you can grow. You can grow a lot of stuff. Uh, what I'm trying to do is grow stuff. Well, not me. What I'm trying to do. I'm doing nothing. Um, what I'm trying to eat is, is a lot of stuff that the, um, uh, the homegrown variety is much, 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 much better than the store-bought. Tomatoes. Tomatoes are the, are the big example of that. I'm trying to find other ones. I couldn't really tell much of a difference in the lettuce. Yeah, lettuce is not much different. There's a few things that aren't different. Bananas. When some things, when you pick them fresh, they are just not different. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, tomatoes really are. Oh yeah, tomatoes are the king of that. Although I've been told that even potatoes and carrots are very different grown at home. Carrots are good, freshly picked. I haven't noticed the potato difference. Mm-hmm. And uh, ready, Rich? You look thinner. Are you getting thinner? I beg your pardon. I never promised you a rosemary garden. <laughs> Are you thinner now, Ready Rich? I lost 12, and I put six of them back this week. Uh, but it was all salt. That'll go away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we, have, uh, we, uh, we ordered out on Cinco de Mayo, which means oh, yeah. 5th of May. We ordered out. Uh, we actually, here's what our family's become. Uh, we don't order out much food. Uh, I don't like, you know, I don't know whether you can't do an argument here. Is it better to... Keep the delivery people working, or is it better to not put people in jeopardy? I don't know. But we have, we've only ordered out in this whole eight weeks. We've only ordered out like three times, four times. And for Cinco de Mayo, we ordered from three different places. Sure. Cause the children would not eat from a, uh, <laughs> vegan place. And, uh, my mother-in-law would not eat where the children wanted. So we had three different places we ordered from. And uh, so I had, um, you know, um, fake fake cheese and, you know, tortilla chips and all that stuff. So I was so full of salt for a few days that I, I'm going <clears> to <throat> sneeze. Just not on the person that was testing you. <laughs> <sighs> Let's get out of the house. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, you, I bet you were kind of hoping that you had the antibodies for uh, COVID. Is that what you were hoping? Uh, well, I wasn't tested for antibodies. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was just tested for COVID, and it was more just kind of, um, let's start getting everybody tested. Let's start getting data. You know what I mean? Like, I just was yeah. like, they're offering it. Let's get out of the house. Yeah. It just was like, I definitely left being like, did I accomplish anything? But it just feels like we should just start erring on the side of just information. And, and I think part of the 
I think pe- part of the acting out of frustration is just the lack of information and steps, you know? And so I just mm-hmm. feel like people want to figure out if there's something else to do. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about the antibodies test, but again, what I just described before is that there's so many out there that I don't know which ones are the most accurate ones yet. <laughs> uh, I, it's so funny cause I can get caught up in that notion of like, you know what? I was dragging ass for a couple weeks in January. And then that was when a lot of people were out at a lot of different shows that I work with. Um, so maybe I have the antibodies, but then when other people tell me that I go like, you're full of shit. <laughs> when people actually describe the actual symptoms of COVID, they're so dramatic in people that like me dragging ass for two weeks is not what COVID is described as. I probably just yeah. had a cold, you know? Uh, so I, I'm not, I, I go back and forth. Yeah. My family got very sick in, in January and got tested for the flu and did not have the flu. Uh, ah, see, that seems like more of a yeah. category than what I fit in. They're now believing that um, that the antibodies uh, probably gives you immunity. That'd be good news. They're leaning toward that. That'd be very good news. My best friend in New York is at Ground Zero in Jackson Heights. Yeah. And he caught it, and he had to tough it out at home because there were no beds available. Right. And he says it's still kind of like swimming in a raincoat. Yeah. I had a thing where I was winded. I was winded. I was taking Mucinex every night in order to breathe to sleep, and I was definitely dragging ass going up and downstairs where I was just out. But I, I feel like if I lost my sense of taste for two weeks, I'd remember that that, that moment, and uh, and that did not <laughs> but happen. Some people are symptom free, so there's no, you know, it could be anything. But some people lose their artistic taste. Maybe that. Oh, was for you. sure. <laughs> I just bought a Malini egg bag, so that's very possible. <laughs> you were do, you're doing some. There were like two weeks, and I did some really shitty improv. <laughs> I think maybe I'd lost my taste for that. I just kept playing racially insensitive cab drivers. <laughs> <laughs> really, stuff I would not do even in the '90s. I was doing. It was really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found this for you, by the way. What is this? Scotch bonnet mustard sauce. Oh, really? I do like mustard. I do like scotch bonnets. Yeah. What was the male question? The male question was uh, some people um, uh, were, were perturbed that we were uh, on the side of sheltering. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, my heart is with them. My heart really is with them. Not wanting to be told what to do. But I think we have to go. I, I think I'm still buying the science. I, I'm not. Uh, and they were upset at us for being for overreacting to a Confederate flag. And it's certainly true. Uh, we I have to remember that one dipshit in the middle of a movement that gets on TV is not the spokesman for that movement. Right. Uh, a person bringing a Confederate flag, although the person in the mail that wrote to us kind of defended the Confederate flag in that context. Okay. <laughs> it's iconography. Yeah. and But the iconography is not good iconography. They don't know that. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get me on your libertarian side, get rid of the Confederate flag. The Confederate movement was not a libertarian movement. Yes, they were in favor of states' rights, but they were in favor of states' rights and other things we don't agree <laughs> with. So yeah. don't uh, don't bring the bathwater along with the baby. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Um, what else we got in viewer mail there? The one letter that I thought was important was the one that was complaining that we were on the side of fascism. 
Mm -hmm. And my argument is that we're not on the side of fascism. We want you to do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because it's government saying it. Thank you. Yeah, I I don't think that we're talking about obedience to authority. I do not think we're talking about that. And uh, I don't know how I feel about uh, using force. Um, I don't know how I feel. I mean, it's pretty easy to say that if someone tells you in a store you have to wear a mask before you can come in, that you don't go and get a gun and then go shoot that person. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, what we're finding out in Georgia is a lot of places that were told they could open didn't. And I'm also very, very worried. I mean, I don't want to be cynical and I don't want to attack the other side, but I believe, and once again, the people that are fighting the lockdown seem to me to be on the side of government. One of the reasons they're trying to open up, I believe, is to cut down unemployment payments. I mean, there's a horrible reason for doing that. To say, oh, you can go to work and you don't want to go to work, therefore we're not going to pay you any money. And that is not the reason. Someone who doesn't want to go to work because they don't want to die or bring home the virus to their grandparents. Uh, I, I think there needs to be some government help and the government saying, go out there and do that. I mean, uh, Trump saying that, uh, meat processing plants have to work. First of all, we don't need meat. And second of all, uh, that's not a government thing. If p- people don't want to die, you know, that's the thing. You know, these people, you have it both ways, right? We don't need the fucking immigrants. Leave them out. We don't need them at all. Oh, we want meat. They can go to the plant and die. I mean, you, you can't do both sides of that. Can't do both sides of that. What else you got for us, Reddy? I like this one from Bruno Edwards. As an outside observer, it seems the Confederate flag is an indication that someone is about to do something quite stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the visual equivalent of hold my beer. <laughs> we did receive several alternate mouse traps. Oh, nice. Okay, let's. And they did all come from middle aged men. <laughs> <laughs> My people unite against the rats. <laughs> any, uh, any interesting ones? No. <laughs> They're all bullshit. One of them was Irish Spring, which does not work, and there's tests of it you can find online. What is Irish Spring? The soap. I mean, I know it's soap. What do you do with the soap? They're supposed to be offended by the soap, so you hang the soap up somewhere and you increase. <laughs> Irish Springs profits. <laughs> Successful experiment, as far as they're concerned. Good for Procter and Gamble. Not so good for your rat problem. <laughs> what is it? A manly scent, but I like it too. Yeah, that's it. Just... rats don't like that. Apparently, the rumor. <laughs> so, uh, what are you doing during the lockdown here, Ready Rich? Well, I rebuilt the studio last week, and I've been editing this week. Uh, organized the garage finally. Whoa. I tell you, if if an alien race wanted to judge Americans on how organized their garages were, this would be the time to push. <laughs> we're ready for that test now. Not you, Godot? Not me, no. No, my garage has everything on earth in it. <laughs> Your garage is a, is a nightmare. It is. It is. I have props from bullshit. I have a giant syringe and a big clown smack board. I, I, everything is in. I have uh, our tandem tricycle hanging from the roof. Yeah, and like things like a half a canoe. Yeah, yeah. 
A lot of things like that. <laughs> Everything from every trick I ever tried is in my garage. Yeah. If you ever need anything, call me before you go shopping. <laughs> anything. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, try so hard to get rid of um, stuff. You know, yeah. I try. It just doesn't work. <laughs> do you do you try Godot or do you just I do like try. The, no, you, I like I talk to you and you say I throw one thing away every day and I go, I'm gonna do that. And then that first day I go, but I might need this gum wrapper somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just like I I love I love seeing less stuff around me. I just I, love it. I agree. It just can't happen. Some things just can't happen. <laughs> just, I just like things sparse. There are laws. There are laws of physics that you're just defying. <laughs> Is your garage? You don't have tied? a giant syringe in your garage. I don't. I don't. Well, if you need one, call me. I have a 3D printer. I have two 3D printers in my garage, and we printed an awful lot of face shields so that Matt wouldn't vomit in the face of uh, nurses. <laughs> and Can now, I send you a project for the nurses from my wife's work. Uh, yeah. We can do it. We, we said a lot. And now uh, my son is taking over the 3D printer and he is printing the glove that uh, from Endgame. What's the character's name? Oh, Thanos' oh, glove. Yeah. He's printing Thanos' glove <laughs> on our uh, on our printer. Which that shouldn't worry you at all, really. <laughs> very long time. Uh, what do you got there? Uh, it's not showing on camera. Sorry. No, it's not showing. Is your garage tidy? It's organized. I wouldn't call it tidy. <laughs> but we have 3D printer that uh, has gone from making uh, face shields to making uh, Thanos' glove. <laughs> Your son's going to kill half of the population of the universe? Yeah, I watched uh, I watched the end of Endgame uh, last night. We got, we got uh, Disney Plus at our house. Uh, yeah. So we have all the Marvel. We have all the Marvel stuff we're watching. I also watched the um, Thor Ratatouille one. What's that yep, one? Yep. <laughs> Ra Ragnarok. Ragnarok. I like yeah. that Ragnarok. one. I like. Yeah, it's one. funny. I mean, it's a, it's essentially a comedy, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'll tell you that uh, that Chris Helmsworth is a is a funny guy. Yeah. He delivers comedy phenomenally well. Yeah. He's really good. Uh, where's he? Is he? He's he's not American, is he? Australian. Australian. Yeah. I thought he was the one that had the brother that was also. Uh, yeah, his brother. His brother's on Westworld, and then he has an has another brother who I think was married to Miley Cyrus. Wow. Yeah. Those Helmsworths are doing okay, aren't they? They are. Move over, Baldwin's. Staying busy. Here comes the Hemsworths. And do they have do they have a Stephen in their group? <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sure they do. I have to do my research, but I'm sure they do. <laughs> Every family has one. Every family. You have a Stephen in your family? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He doesn't have a Bible verse that he doesn't know he has on the back of his neck. But <laughs> That was an amazing moment. Amazing moment. Uh, I will just recap that. I was on Celebrity Apprentice with Stephen Baldwin, and I was discussing the Bible with him, and I referenced uh, uh, the idea from one of the Bible verses that you had to um, uh, to follow Jesus, you should... Uh, leave your family behind. And uh, he said he wasn't familiar with that Bible verse. And I said, it's tattooed on your neck. <laughs> and it was. <laughs> he had uh, he, he had 
pulled out the middle verse. I was talking about the whole chapter yeah. and what it's about. And he had pulled out the middle verse and had it tattooed in his neck. I'm sure if I'd quoted it word for word, there's a chance it he would have known it. But he about. didn't know the idea. Yeah. The, the idea didn't ring a bell of what was tattooed on his neck. And it's really funny because when we were doing our challenges on Celebrity Apprentice, you know, uh, we wanted to get in touch with Alec Baldwin for one of them. And Stephen said, well, maybe you could call him. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, there you go. There's uh, there's uh, there's Ready Rich's garage. That looks organized it has boxes. to me. That's organized. Sure, that's organized. Beautiful. Very nicely done. You did a good job with that screen sharing thing. Uh, I'm getting so good at Zoom. Oh. I can screen share. I can work. I can do everything. So, uh, yeah, next week we have Justin Amash. Yeah. We'll be on next week. So tune in for that. Also, if you want me to do a cameo for you, send you a video about anything. I'll say anything. I like the crazy ones. You just go to cameo.com and engage my services. I do a turnaround Sometimes, you know, within five minutes, but always within 24 hours and usually within three. So you need something done quickly. Some people had me um, do trivia questions. They have a trivia club, and they had me ask the uh, pen trivia question. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. That was really fun. And the guy asked me about free will, and then someone else telling me to talk about vaccines, and then a shit ton of happy birthdays and hang in there. Sorry, I can't be with you. Da, 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 da. Sorry, we missed you in Australia. It's really fun. Cameo.com. The trivia came through the congregation mail. Oh, did it really? Yeah, it just happened to come the day that I asked you if I should be forwarding that. That was really nice. I really, I really, uh, I really liked, I really liked doing a few people from the congregation. So, uh, I like that. I like that very, very much. Why isn't Larry Blackman on Cameo? Who's Larry Blackman? The lead singer of Cameo. yeah they should get on that well Gilbert Gottfried is and Piff is and I am Uh, so uh, enjoy that Uh, okay so I think I think we covered most everything in the world today that was Ben Sunday School School. cha 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 Uh, you become naked Justin Amish. How's it pronounced? I say Amash. I might be wrong though. Amash. Justin Amish. Amash. Next week. We'll talk about uh, if it's a good idea to have someone run against Trump. Besides Biden. You know, we love you. Love you so much. Hey everybody, Jason Ellis here from the Jason Ellis Show podcast, reminding you that my podcast, new episodes every Wednesday, downloadable, where all podcasts are available. Come see my friends, Michael and Kevin, as we talk to you about what's awesome, what sucks, fitness, fighting, parenting, life, spin kicks, LGBTQ community, how to defend yourself against a shock if it attacks you out of nowhere, and much, much more. So come join us.